Welcome to the Create Something Awesome Today podcast, where it's all about educating and motivating creative pros and entrepreneurs from around the world with simple and easy to implement ideas. And of course, helping you create something awesome today. And now, welcome your host. He is the founder of Founder of Awesome Creator Academy, a YouTube educator, and the biggest Star Wars nerd you'll ever meet, Roberto Blake. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Create Something Awesome Today podcast. This is your host, Roberto Blake, helping you create something awesome today. Welcome back to the program. And of course, I'm always going to try to hit you with some calming background music there from Zen Buster Music. That is my music channel. If you want to check that out, youtube.com slash Zen We have an interesting show for all of you today. We're going to be talking about some coveted YouTube secrets when it comes to YouTube money, YouTube monetization, how creators get paid on this platform. Have you ever wondered how do big YouTubers actually make their money? Well, all will be revealed in today's program. So I'm hoping that all of you look forward to that. And also, since we do this podcast, not only as a YouTube video podcast, an audio podcast for an audio-only listening experience across Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, everywhere podcasts can be listened to. We've been doing those, and we've been updating them. And so we're actually caught up. We're over 50 episodes in, and you can listen to the audio-only replay. But if you're part of the live YouTube audience and you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, you'll be getting notifications when we're live on YouTube. It means you can be part of the live audience experience, which means that you can ask questions, participate, and you get to be part of an exclusive live after-hours show that we actually cut out of the audio-only version of the podcast. So if you want to be part of the live experience, you want to make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and you just search Roberto Blake podcast or create something awesome today podcast and you'll find it or you can go to youtube.com slash C sat as in create something awesome today podcast C sat podcast S A T C S A T podcast and you can go ahead and be part of the experience there. Now when it comes to YouTube there's like some obvious things that people know about they know about YouTube ad revenue they know about the fact that fans of live streams can super chat and donate and that creators make money that way. Some people even know about YouTube channel memberships and Patreon. And of course, there are brand deals, but that's not necessarily the only ways that YouTubers make their money. It's not even some of the best ways YouTube make YouTubers make their money. So ultimately, we're going to end up talking about a lot of that. But speaking of sponsors, let's go ahead and plug one of our wonderful sponsors of the program today. We thrive thanks to the support from our sponsors. Here's a word from one of them. If you're a YouTube content creator and you would love to be able to do more brand deals, you'd also love to get paid on time, or you're just wanting to potentially even get your YouTube ad revenue a little bit sooner so that you can pay some bills or take care of a few things, then you'll love today's sponsor, Creative Juice. 
Creative Juice is creating financial tools and resources for content creators. I use them myself. I'm also an investor in Creative Juice alongside your favorite creators like Mr. Beast and Graham Stephan. So if you haven't checked out Creative Juice and everything they have to offer, I've linked to them in the description of this video. And I would encourage every single one of you to get a free Creative Juice account and consider throwing a few bucks in there and funding your juice, your juice account and seeing all the wonderful options they have. They have free media kits that I think are a little better than the free media kits YouTube is rolling out. They also have other great financial tools. I was able to discover some interesting things about my channel by using them. And if you sign up and you have a funded Creative Juice account, you can use their Juice Boost feature, tie it to your YouTube AdSense account, and get your YouTube ad revenue sooner rather than later. All of that free from Creative Juice. Link is in the description below. Thank you to Creative Juice for sponsoring today's episode of the podcast. And now back to the show. So YouTube monetization, There's so many ways that you can make money on YouTube. It's actually absurd how many ways you can make money on YouTube, but a lot of YouTube content creators do not take advantage of all of the options available to them. A, a lot of YouTubers, they just use their YouTube ad revenue as a safety blanket and they refuse to make money outside of YouTube. And so all they do is the typical YouTube things. YouTube ad revenue, YouTube super chats, YouTube channel memberships, merchandise they sell to their audience, and of course, sponsorships for their videos, and that's it. They're afraid to take their content outside of YouTube, afraid of their content competing with YouTube, afraid that YouTube is going to punish them for that. Like, There's a superstition among creators when it comes to YouTube, and this is even large creators sometimes, and YouTube becomes the thing their entire life, their entire livelihood revolves around the same way their nine to five job did. And so when you really look at it, it's not that much better for them from a freedom standpoint than having a nine to five job, except for they don't have the schedule. And then when they take a vacation, they can have anxiety about coming back to a healthy, thriving YouTube channel in a way that when they come back to their job from vacation, they know it's just back to the same old grind. Well, with YouTube, they take a vacation. They're like, oh, great. I'm coming back to a dead channel. So a lot of creators' biggest problem is they refuse to use YouTube as an opportunity to launch things outside of YouTube and make more money. And I'm glad to see that there are creators out there that are leading the charge and doing things differently and taking their brand and the opportunity that YouTube gave them and harnessing more of their brand off of YouTube as a platform and monetizing it. So that's actually really dope. Speaking of monetization, uh, we have a $1.99 super chat in the live stream today from JT Coin Rings. I'm going to get this party started. Thank you for the super chat. Super chats during the live stream are always appreciated. Super chats, uh, super stickers, but also sharing the live stream costs you $0 and is appreciated. Sharing and downloading the podcast in audio only from Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, always appreciated getting those download numbers up. We're actually doing really well on download numbers. So thank you to all of you who are listening to the audio only podcast as well. Don't want to just uh, shout out our YouTube audience 
but also acknowledge our audio-only listeners and the people who watch the replays. Y'all help more than you could possibly know. It is appreciated by me and Team Roberto, so thank you for that. But yeah, um, I think that one of the biggest true secrets, I think, in terms of the making money on YouTube is making money off of YouTube. And what do I mean by that? A lot of creators' massive anxiety, once they do get monetized, they get an audience, they get established, they get a couple of tens of thousands of subscribers or even hundreds of thousands or millions of subscribers, their anxiety is that their bank account begins and ends with playing with YouTube. And that's a real shame because it doesn't need to be that way. But again, they're so fearful of uh, YouTube and superstitious about YouTube. And again, YouTube's the security blanket. For a lot of creators, here's the harsh truth. A lot of creators, YouTube is the first good paying gig they've had. A lot of creators, they're successful. Their first job or the job that they had, even if it wasn't their first job, a lot of them are young, so it ends up being their first job after uh, retail or after uh, food service. A lot of YouTubers, they start out in food service. They start out in retail. They start out with crappy entry-level jobs that don't pay very well. Most YouTubers start out when they're young, teens or 20s. Adult YouTubers who start out in their late 20s or 30s uh, that either are leaving a career behind or family or were an office worker, well, a lot of them, it was largely sometimes the first non-retail non-food service job that they've ever done and so they're starting in their 30s and they're leaving a corporate career but like a early corporate career like a corporate career where they've worked at a company or in a niche for like five years usually not 10 well when they come to youtube they have a different approach too and again what happens is for the first time when they start making more money than they ever earned at a nine to five job and they kind of sort of had time freedom and they kind of sort of are doing something they like for money, here's where the problem comes in. The problem is that now they're getting used to and relying on this money from doing YouTube, but the money goes up and down every month. It's inconsistent. The money is inconsistent and it goes up and down every month. And so one of the things that I can show you to kind of you know, make my point here is, I mean, this podcast is not necessarily – the end-all be-all example of a YouTube channel, especially because, uh, whoops, accidentally clicked on the wrong video there. Um, I meant to not click on that video from Team YouTube. I meant to just click on my YouTube analytics here for you. Sorry about that. But uh, for the video audience, y'all are seeing this, so I'll describe it to the audio-only listeners. I'm looking at my YouTube dashboard. The podcast channel has only been monetized since December 24th, 2021. So as of the making of this video, the podcast has been monetized for exactly 30 days right now. And in that 30 days that the podcast has been monetized, it looks like it's earned. Let's just uh, go here. Looks like the podcast has earned $1,142 and 60 cents. Thank you all for that. Thank you all for that. But I want to uh, reveal more of these numbers. Based on ad revenue based CPMs, the podcast has an over $20 average baseline ad revenue based CPM. And it looks like it's climbing higher and that it could even reach at peak on ad revenue based CPMs. 
And for those of you who may not be familiar with CPMs, um, that's the amount that advertisers pay per thousand views. RPMs is what you earn per, per thousand views. My RPMs take into consideration YouTube ad revenue, but also super chats and super stickers. So it, it, it takes that donation um, from fans. But remember, this is a brand new channel. This channel is 30 days old. This channel has 20 to $40 CPM rates, which means that has a 10 to $20 RPM rates revenue per thousand views. And so this uh, podcast tends to get, um, yeah, this podcast tends to get um, about a thousand views per episode right now. So on ad revenue, as you can see, um, again, when we don't necessarily have the super chats, we can earn, you know, five, 10 bucks a day so far, but it could go higher. And then the super chats add to that. And so out of super chats, we've earned almost a thousand dollars in super chats in one month, $140 in ad revenue, and then in YouTube premium revenue, because we're long form content, we're part of that YouTube revenue watch time pool, we made a whopping $40 and 14 cents. So obviously uh, with the podcast, the big money maker right now is the fan donations through super chats. However, however, and thank you for that, by the way. It's not a slouch on ad revenue when it comes to being a new channel. And it has potential considering that we're getting some pretty decent uh, daily view counts uh, when I do the podcast, which is supposed to be Monday through Friday, but you know, your boys out here struggling. Um, and to be consistent, I mean, when you say your boys out here struggling, not on money, but consistency. And so when, when we have that going on, we do really good on ad revenue. And then we have craziness. The craziness happening. What is happening right now? Malevolent elephant. Curtis, you didn't have to. So those of you listening or watching the replay, Malevolent Elephant is a longtime fan of my community. Rocks with me in Clubhouse, Twitter. Big fan of the main channel. Been down for years. And this man just came through with this insane $400 super chat. $400 super chat. And for those of you not familiar with YouTube, on Super Chats, YouTube splits it 70-30 with the creator. On ad revenue, it's a 55-45 split. On Super Chats and channel memberships, 70-30. So what this means is that uh, Curtis, thank you so much, Curtis, by the way. Curtis just gifted me with about roughly $280 after YouTube takes its pound of flesh. Uh, so after YouTube takes its... Uh, it's bound to flesh here. That's $280 that I get out of the 400. Not bad at all. Thank you so much, Curtis. But again, some transparency and showing you how YouTube works here. That That's tremendous. That just, that made the entire night. You see there? Um, and so that's amazing. And Curtis says, LOL, you are worth it. Thank you, Curtis. I absolutely appreciate you. So, guys, shout out to Malevolent Elephant Curtis. Thank you so much, my friend. So, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a big deal. Now, what happens when you look at this? Because, again, I want to show you guys something with my data here. That's a crazy, tremendous opportunity that podcasting and live streams offer. You know, funny story, though. YouTubers are obsessed with the idea that live streams 
hurt their YouTube channel. Now on the main YouTube channel, now a couple of years ago, I could have said that's true. And I do think there are advantages to just having a live stream channel. But the opportunity to be close to your community and to um, earn additional revenue through live streams and, and super chats, through having a dedicated, loyal audience, uh, you could, in theory, from your audience having your back, you could support yourself um, through live streams, super chats, channel memberships, Patreon, just through fan donations if you were doing live streams. When YouTubers say, well, do live streams hurt my channel? Here's what they're talking about. They're talking a little bit about clout. They're talking a little bit about ego. And what do I mean by that? There's a couple of things. YouTubers have this belief that every video should perform the same as every video when they upload because it's always them and that it's uh, consistent in the fact that, hey, it's about me. It's a very, and again, I don't blame people. Again, it's hard to understand and navigate some of this. It's hard to think deeply about YouTube sometimes. Uh, and this is not shade toward anyone, but think about it. YouTubers are like, YouTubers are like, it should, it's me. So I'm making the videos. I'm doing the things the same way I always do them. Why do some videos perform better than others? And when it comes to the difference between live video, regular videos, and YouTube shorts, YouTubers get hung up on the fact that it's like, all right, I, my shorts weren't viral. Why aren't my other videos getting as many views? Or, hey, people who all these people watch my shorts, why are not at least 10% of them, 20% of them watching my regular videos? Or, hey, I have all these subscribers. Why aren't they watching my content? Or, hey, I get 50,000 videos on an upload. Why do I only get five or 10,000 on a live stream? It's different content and it's different experiences and people want different things and people sign up for different things. So if you're offering variety, then your results and your mileage will vary because it's variety. It won't be consistent if it's variety. The same thing with niching down and picking topics. The other thing people don't realize is that not all videos are created equal. Not every live stream will get a $400 super chat, that's for sure, but not every video will have a $20 or $40 CPM. Some will have five. Some will have 20, some will have 50. It depends on the topic. It depends on the niche. It depends on what's happening in the ad markets. And so people need to know that and they need to align their expectations accordingly. And so that's one of the biggest problems is the expectations that people have around making money on YouTube. Again, even though I am an established creator with a different channel and all of you are part of that loyal audience of like 1,000 to 2,000 diehard, truly loyal super fans who show up in the dead of night for a podcast or in the early morning for a podcast since I'm uploading these at uh, and live streaming these at intermediate times instead of on a consistent schedule of same bat time, same bat channel, Monday through Friday, like I'm supposed to. Well, like you guys show up whether or not I'm on schedule or not. So I appreciate all of you. With that being said, though, with that being said, uh, YouTubers are not looking at individual videos as individual experiences. And so expectations are not aligned to reality and it hurts people's feelings. And so then they're like, okay, well, I don't want to do live streams or I don't want to live stream on my main channel, which by the way, it's fine to not live stream on your main channel. You do miss an opportunity from a revenue generation um, standpoint. And so that's a definitely a thing that happens. Now, what I will say, what I will say is that if you do make a live streaming channel or a podcast channel, which I've done, which I think is really dope, 
and which you all seem to think is dope and seem to enjoy. And why am I out of focus? There we go. So the, you know, the opportunity with a live streaming channel though is, well, maybe you can talk about different topics. What if your main channel doesn't necessarily monetize really well? Well, the, could the podcast channel monetize better? Uh, the reality is that I'll give you a primary example. One of the most popular YouTube channels, um, H3 Productions, right? Uh, H3H3. Their main YouTube channel didn't really always earn as much as it could in ad revenue despite having massive viral views and hits because with their channel, its comedy and commentary style was vulnerable sometimes to demonetization or even to copyright claims they had a big court case battle for fair use. Their podcast is more monetizable because they could put multiple sponsorships in their podcast, multiple ad breaks in the replay, spin up a clip slash highlights channel, monetize the hell out of that, get a ton of views, and promote Teddy Fresh clothing brand and merch throughout it. So, And then they have the memberships for that and the uh, the super chats uh, from people. So you had them with a, a live stream podcast that has tremendous replay value, multiple ad breaks, multiple sponsors, memberships, and live super chats and super stickers, and promoting the merch and having the merch shelf as well as the Teddy Fresh brand represented in the podcast to plug. And then a highlights channel that was making money. And then a shorts channel uh, called Bites that then gets the creator fund money. They learned how to eat the whole animal and it was more profitable and not even close to be able to do the podcast. Not to mention they could do the podcast more frequently and more consistency than spinning up a banger of a video that might take them two weeks or every once a month to put out an H3 Productions video. Doing the podcast is something they can do multiple days a week with much more consistency. And it is it makes the content more viable. Then there's the audio-only podcast part of the recordings that then lets them increase the value of the brand deals because now the brand deals are valuable because you're not just on a popular YouTube channel. You're on a popular audio podcast as well. And so the monetization opportunity in doing a podcast comparatively long-term in the long run compared to a YouTube channel, even if you have a viral YouTube channel, in many cases, a podcast is more monetizable than a viral YouTube channel because viral videos often are demonetized or copyright claim. They're hit or miss. Podcasting is more consistent, easier to spin up, and has more ways to monetize and is evergreen content that will keep making money in perpetuity in many cases. And that's not even considering the fact that you might have affiliate links. If you're a podcast like mine, you guys check out the show notes or description, either in the audio or in the video. There are links to the resources that I use and to the sponsors, whether it's StreamYard here, the simplest solution for live video, something I need to add to the affiliate links description is my entire live streaming podcasting setup because a lot of you have asked about this battle station. I have two stream decks here. I have the Rodecaster Pro. I have the Joe Rogan microphone. I have um, this amazing dock for my Mac mini. This is a sit and stand desk. This is multicam streaming. You guys like have asked, like, how do I make my streams and my podcast 
as fancy as yours, Roberto? Well, it's like, well, I have a three camera setup running, a dedicated audio interface, and uh, two shortcut command centers, and a ultra wide monitor, and then a secondary monitor that's mostly just so I can throw up things like the YouTube analytics and I can like show you what's going on there. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like I have all of these tools and systems in place to just basically make the, the best produced live stream and podcast that I possibly can. And some of you would want to know, well, what hardware lets me do that? And you would want to buy it. Those are affiliate links. Some of you would want to optimize your YouTube videos. So maybe you buy TubeBuddy or get a free trial. That's linked in the description too, by the way, in the show notes. Or Epidemic Sound. If you guys aren't getting music produced like I am, you guys could use Epidemic Sound. So like there's all these opportunities to monetize that most people just don't consider when it comes to YouTube, and we're still mostly talking about the YouTube channel itself, we haven't even gotten to what I think is more important, which is the opportunities to monetize outside of YouTube, where you can use YouTube to make your content and be the starting point and be the hub, and then opportunities to build brands and businesses outside of YouTube, but also to take that same content, make it platform agnostic, and take it outside of YouTube. Because what happens is this. People are afraid that make putting content on other platforms is stealing views from YouTube and therefore stealing ad revenue and opportunities uh, for sponsorship or opportunities to get more views and get the sponsor revenue up. And again, this is superstition and this is using YouTube as a security blanket. And you, you think that you have security by clinging to YouTube and staying loyal to YouTube platforms aren't loyal youtube's great i love youtube no disrespect to youtube team youtube uh susan wojcicki or robert kinsel none of y'all it's though that platforms will do what's in their best interest not in your best interest and so you ain't got no business being loyal to a platform and like saying oh this is my home it's rented land it's rented land be an ip holder be an ip holder and put your content anywhere people are willing to pay you for it if you want to be loyal to YouTube, get YouTube to sign you to an exclusivity contract then. There's only a couple of people who do that. PewDiePie, Valkyrie, people like that. Tim the Tapman, Ludwig. They have a reason to be loyal to YouTube because YouTube signs a contract. And instead of just their ad reds, ad, uh, AdSense revenue and their Super Chats or whatever, YouTube gave them a bag. Don't be loyal to a platform or a brand that isn't giving you a bag. Be agnostic, be competitive, um, play everywhere that pays. Play everywhere that pays. You heard it here first, okay? These platforms ain't loyal. Why are you, you know? So, again, people are loyal because they're fearful. It's not love that makes people loyal to a platform. It's fear. People aren't loyal to platforms out of love. They're loyal to platforms out of fear. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Do you think the benefits of one channel outweigh uh, multiple channels? No, I don't think that. I don't think that one channel that is oh a catch-all is more valuable than having multiple channels. I'm living it right now. I'm living it right now. The potential of this podcast channel 
at this rate, at this rate, the podcast channel, if I'm consistent enough with this podcast channel, this podcast channel has 2,000 subscribers. If I do truly remain consistent and podcast Monday through Friday, I'm pretty sure that three to six months from now that this podcast on YouTube through ad revenue and super chats and YouTube premium and super chat stickers. And if we ever get super thanks, I'm pretty sure that the create something awesome today podcast, AKA the Roberto Blake podcast. I'm basically sure that the main podcasting YouTube channel can earn 2000 to $3,000 a month in YouTube revenue from super chats super chat stickers and from ad revenue if i focus on this for the next 6 months i'm pretty sure that by the end of the year this this new podcast channel that has 2000 subscribers now by focus for 6 months maybe by the end of the year it has 5000 10000 subscribers and as a 5000 to 10000 subscriber channel this channel will be earning 2000 to 3000 in ad revenue alone based on that and if six months of making that content will scale the audio podcast download numbers to where the audio podcast download numbers will probably get to the place to where I'm getting 500 to 1,000 downloads every episode within 7 to 30 days. If I'm getting 1,000 downloads within 30 days, it puts me in the top 10% of podcasts, if I'm not mistaken, or the top 20% at a minimum. So if we can get in six months to where all of you who are watching these also are down, please download the audio only version of the podcast. If you watch these, um, if you're listening to and downloading the audio only, it boosts my numbers. If I get to a thousand downloads, we're at over a hundred Apple um, five-star ratings. We're at like 150 Apple five-star ratings. If this has consistent high ratings, in the ratings and review section of Apple, and it has 500 to 1,000 downloads audio only on every episode within every uh, seven to 30 days, then the value of this podcast to brands is so significant to where I could probably be earning in brand deals that are not even bundled with my main channel. 1000 2000 a month pretty easily on the brand deal side, maybe more because I have so much inventory or maybe I can increase the value of the sponsorships that are bundled with my main channel because the podcast will be a viable property on its own. So again, with the podcast, even with a fraction of the audience, the podcast could be so valuable that I could be making 2000 3000 $5,000 a month between ad revenue, super chats, YouTube premium, and uh, brand deals and affiliate marketing if it's done correctly over the next six to 12 months. And that's on a channel that has less than 10,000 subscribers. It has 2,000 right now. I anticipate five to 10,000 uh, by the end of the year or within six months either way. And this channel can be that valuable and that viable, okay? So compared to just doing my regular one YouTube channel, I could not do and accomplish that just by doing live streams on my main YouTube channel because I wouldn't get the variety amount of con uh, of content on there. Not to mention with making recorded videos, it's hard to keep up with the one, two, or three videos per week 
that that channel should have on it, which I'm working on about to outsource the editing on that. And the other part of it is that the real opportunity for this channel as a live stream channel that will live stream almost five days a week, as long as I can handle it is the opportunity that comes from direct support from the audience for super chats is not the same on my main channel, even though some of the audience overlaps. So this channel can be as profitable directly in YouTube as my main channel, or I can make it equally as valuable as a property by itself. It offers me variety to cover more subjects. It offers me more variety, even in affiliate marketing, even with a smaller audience to scale that in other verticals, in, uh, in other products, sponsors on other products. And so there's, cause again, with a podcast audience, it does make sense to promote things other than the normal things because of a podcast audience being different or because of an episode with a guest. So there's more opportunity for sponsorship and brand deals, a bigger inventory for that long form, more long form content, more content as a whole, more ad revenue, similar CPM rates, equal or higher to my main channel, even in the early days. So this is an opportunity to quite literally, quite literally, in my case, by having two channels, I double my opportunities and I actually can quite literally double not only my ad revenue, I could double my sponsor revenue. I can double my affiliate revenue. I can double my overall opportunities by having a second channel that specifically in this case is a podcast and live stream channel. I can double my opportunities. I can literally double my opportunities. And that's very significant. That's very powerful. And then the podcast also gives me the ability to make content to go beyond doubling my opportunities to tripling my opportunities. And why do I say I can triple my opportunities? Because then with the podcast, the podcast is easier to justify taking off of YouTube only as a YouTube only experience. And so now the podcast, even with being simulcast by our good friends at StreamYard, linked in the description down below if you want to sign up for StreamYard for free, I can simulcast to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. This means that I can grow my audiences outside of YouTube, which means that even my brand opportunities can be even bigger. The other thing is, who knows whether LinkedIn jumps in on monetizing because now LinkedIn has creator accounts. I'm over 10,000 followers in LinkedIn. I have a strong network in LinkedIn of a couple thousand contacts and more growing all the time. And I'm very popular over there. I can get new opportunities in LinkedIn through this podcast. I can get equity in startups. I can get pitched directly from brands. I can make new contacts. I can get speaking engagements from it. And that takes my money outside of YouTube and off of YouTube, not only in the fact that I can monetize other platforms, but can bring me other opportunities and new connections and relationships from other platforms. So again, people's problem is they're too scared to take their stuff off of YouTube because they're scared of like, they're scared of going away from YouTube because YouTube's become a security blanket for too many creators. And that's why they're YouTube first and YouTube only. But I'm not hating or I'm not dunking on anyone or calling anyone out. Because like, again, for a lot of YouTubers, what happens is it's the first time they start making real money doing something they like and making money outside of a job where what they used to do was food services, you know, being a waiter or a host, a hostess, a bartender, or out of retail working 
you know, nine to five or shift work there or, or working at a warehouse or working at a call center. And I get it. I worked those crappy jobs in my twenties. I get it. I was working at the mall uh, in my teens and in my twenties. I super get it. But the thing is just trading in your nine to five job for YouTube and then thinking in your head that you have a business when what you have is a very, you've given yourself self-employment. Sure. It's entrepreneurial. I don't even care. And I'm not gatekeeping you calling yourself an entrepreneur. But at that point, you haven't turned it into a business. You've turned it into a very profitable personal brand. You've given yourself a job, self-employed, and your job is YouTube host, YouTube creator. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's not a business yet. And it's not diversified enough. And you haven't created enough of a you haven't created enough of an economic moat for yourself, so to speak. You haven't created enough stability for yourself, in my opinion. And the way to do that is to now not be obsessed with YouTube, but with your own intellectual property, with your own intellectual property. That's the key. Become obsessed with your own intellectual property. And that's more than, oh, I got my ad revenue. I got my super chats. I got my merch. I got my products or whatever. You need more outside of YouTube and you need more ways to make it to where the content is what's important instead of the YouTube channel. Instead of being a YouTuber, you need to embrace becoming a content creator. As far as I'm concerned, you should be looking at how do I, like, and again, TikTok, not paying a lot of money, fine. Instagram and IG Reels, not paying a lot of money, fine. But if you're making YouTube shorts, there's no reason not to take that YouTube shorts. And I think this, you can't use logos from other companies. Cool. YouTube, to my knowledge, isn't putting the shorts logo and watermark on your YouTube shorts when you make them, or you should make them, add them on your computer, add them in your phone, but you should take the source file and you should upload that to YouTube shorts first, then upload it to Instagram, then upload it to TikTok. And yes, in that order, I'm not playing, upload a YouTube short then upload to Instagram. TikTok is last. I'm not playing with you. On your vertical short form video, that's the order. Do that because there's no reason to not be in three creator funds because these three creator funds pay so little. The money is so crappy per view. The money is so crappy per million views. But you know what? You're making the content. You're blowing up your brand and you can get sponsors. Why not milk it in all three platforms? Why not blow up your Instagram with reels if you're going to do YouTube shorts? Why not blow up your Instagram with reels and then also post some selfies and do some stories or get on there and do a live stream every once in a while, do behind the scenes content, make different content? Why not blow up your Instagram so that a brand can come to you and say, hey, we like your Instagram. Here's a couple thousand dollars. And you can go, hey, tell you what, you're offering me a couple thousand dollars, but did you know about my YouTube channel also? Oh, we didn't. Oh, did you know about my podcast channel also? No, we didn't. It's like, okay, cool. You want me for one video. How about this? What if we do three videos or what if we do multiple videos across my platform? Or hey, what about multi-content uh, package and a campaign? And what's that worth to you? Now, all of a sudden, instead of $2,000, we're talking about a $10,000 deal. Instead of a $2,000 deal, maybe we're talking about a $2,000 a month deal. That's how you do that. And that's what the value of having multiple platforms, having multiple properties and diversifying looks like. And remember what I said about the shorts thing, the shorts, YouTube shorts, then Instagram reels and TikTok is dead last and I'm not playing. 
you do YouTube shorts, you do Instagram reels, and TikTok is dead last. And it's the same video. And the value of that is building multiple audiences, having an exit strategy, and not being loyal to any platform. You do not owe platforms loyalty if they're not signing you to an exclusivity deal, if the platforms are not signing you to a contract that hands you a brand, a bag, if the bag is not coming from a contract, if the bag is coming from ad revenue, if it's coming from donations, if it's coming from a creator fund, that's not the platform being loyal to you or directly valuing you. That is just a revenue sharing agreement. That is not a relationship. If you're going to be loyal and be in an exclusive relationship with a brand, there better be a contract and there better be a commitment and there better be a significant bag. Otherwise, you ain't got no business out here being loyal to a platform. You're just holding on to it as a security blanket. It's a one-way relationship where you're more invested and you care more than they do. At that point, you're the one, it's a one-way relationship where you think you're in a relationship you think you got them locked down and they're out there and they ain't loyal. They'll play with anybody. <laughs> so don't, don't make that mistake and think that you owe it to a platform because it gave you a chance or it made you money or it got you out of your nine to five job. Nonsense. You are loyal to your audience. You're loyal to your own brand and you're loyal to your IP. And so you diversify and you decentralize the hell out of that. And you put it anywhere that wants to pay you for it. You do that. And so with that in mind, if you do podcast and live stream, you do your live stream on YouTube. In my case, you can multicast it. And the thing is, if you get to a point to where somehow you get monetized in Facebook, let's say you use Facebook Reels and you get the requirements there and you get monetized, you can be simulcasting and you can also be getting money and donations even through Facebook too. We don't know if LinkedIn will monetize creators. And so you might as well position as if they're going to. And so you might as well do that. And again, there's no downside to growing your Twitter or your Facebook or anything like that. There's no downside. And so there's no reason not to multicast, in my opinion. There's no reason not to multicast, except for Twitch, because Twitch forces you to be exclusive uh, when you become an affiliate or a partner. Twitch forces the exclusivity on you without giving you a, a bag directly for that. Um, and there are split on donations is 50-50 instead of YouTube 70-30 to you. That one's more 50-50, so you lose money there. But you might prefer the Twitch community or the Twitch features or something like that, depending on whether you're in geek culture, gaming, or politics, or IRL. Uh, again, you might be able to build a bigger community on Twitch, but you don't won't necessarily make more money, theoretically, than you could have on YouTube. So that's something to think about. That's something to think about. Um, I don't believe Twitch will be gone in a couple of years. And the reason is because they got Amazon money. Um, and so I, I doubt that. Um, and yeah, the reason that TikTok is dead last is because of the watermark. So like I, I start YouTube shorts, Instagram reels, and then TikTok's dead last on the short form video, vertical video content. And so um, that's what I would do. They all have creator funds. So you just have to perform, get your stuff to going, and then you can qualify for that. Um, I'll probably do a video about that on the main channel at some point on each of these creator fund programs. I'll probably compare them at one point. Um, I'll probably do like a rank, one of those tier list ranking videos because um, those get views. And then so 
so yeah um that's something that's something i would do um christocentric message says roberto does youtube have issues when you advertise products on your video and provide links to the products in your video description well that's called sponsors and that's called affiliates and that's also called product reviews and the short answer is no youtube doesn't have any issues with that and it doesn't have a problem the main thing is your links have to go to a credible site most of us do affiliate through amazon so that's super credible or through a software thing and that you know super critical you can't promote scams obviously as long as you're not promoting bad websites bad urls or scams you should be fine some url redirects have problems i use genius link not a sponsor but i use genius link because of that or i use the url shortener i made on my own website so um, i do either of those because they're safe so i would do that the other thing is you want to put HTTPS in the uh, link description. It's got to be HTTPS as in Hyper Transfer Text Protocol Secure. So HTTPS and then colon slash slash. And then you can link out, especially on mobile. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So there's not a problem as long as you're doing it correctly. As long as you're doing it correctly, you should be fine. Um. Lichald Scott says, Roberto, do you think that YouTube will add gifted members like Twitch or use the YouTube premium as the prime? Um, they're already planning to do that. That will be rolling out to um, monetized creators with live streaming and super chats enabled over um, the course of 2022. So they will basically have gifted members in the same way that Twitch has gifted subs. And that is coming. In fact, YouTube is basically going to cannibalize all the same features as Twitch. And so they will be hyper competitive, but they will pay better. They will pay better. Um, now, if you are going to stream to Twitch, Jordan Harbor has a point. Hey, sorry, Haber. Jordan Haber has a point. Hey, Jordan, what's up? Um, streaming on Twitch uh, as a YouTube recording is amazing. Make sure to stream at least once a month for um, soccer and prime subs and uh, from super fans. Yeah, absolutely. So what you would do is you'd stream on Twitch, cut it up, videos on demand, go up on YouTube. And uh, that's usually the Twitch um, ecosystem with YouTube and that formula. And that's how people do it. Um, and then they'll also maybe sometimes take stuff and cut it up and make TikTok, and that will be how the Twitch streamers typically roll. But yeah, um, that that's something to definitely think about. But I think that streaming on YouTube is going to be sustainable, and I think you're going to see the rise of YouTube streamers, as in people who exclusively stream their content, and they use YouTube as their streaming platform the same way that they do um, Twitch. I have shifted, like, I'm still going to be making roberto blake videos on my main roberto blake youtube channel that's not going away i will make video it's a 500k plus channel i'm not going to retire that channel uh i know people who do that i'm not necessarily going to be one of them at least not right now but i am going to try to be a monday through friday podcast host and live streamer so i am in addition to being i've already done hundreds of live streams though over my career i've been in streaming for a long time and i've streamed on almost every platform so i've literally done I've probably done about 3000 live streams because I've been live streaming for like 10 years. Like, and I was a daily streamer on Facebook when Facebook live first came out. 
I was a debut streamer back in the old days of Meerkat. I was on Meerkat every day until that platform died. Periscope every day until that platform died. Um, Blab.im until that platform uh, died. And uh, Facebook Live. Um, I was every week on Google Hangouts on air. So it's been a minute. So I I've done like, like 2,000, 3,000 streams or something by now. Um, and obviously I've been on other people's streams. I go on other people's streams every week. So like, I've been doing this for a minute. Like for me though, um, this is me kind of quote unquote, officially launching my streaming career as like, Hey, I'm a Monday through Friday ish streamer on YouTube. And so I'm going to be part of the vanguard of YouTube streamers and um, doubling down on my expertise in that as well. And also doing a podcast. I've done about almost a hundred episodes of the No Assembly Required podcast with my friends uh, Romina and Audrey, which we typically do on Thursdays. We've been doing that basically since the pandemic. So we've done that um, every week for about two years now since the pandemic started. Um, every Thursday, uh, we've done about like 98 episodes now we're about to do episode 100 we have to figure out what we're going to do to celebrate and um so i've done over 100 uh of that podcast i've done hundreds of podcast interviews over the years on other people's shows and obviously for the create something awesome today podcast we're almost up to episode 60 so even though i've been less consistent on that up until now but this year we're going to do like you know, 150 or so episodes for sure, because I'm going to be doing multiple episodes a week. I'm going to try to do Monday through Friday. So, but I'm not going to miss a week either. And so there's going to be like a hundred new episodes uh, this year alone, hundred, 150 alone, if not 200, 250. And so with that, I'm going to be able to bonafide say I'm a streamer. I'm a podcaster. I have hundreds of pieces of material Hey, like, cause it, when you do something over a hundred times or hundreds of times like that, nobody can tell you that you don't know what you're doing with it or that, okay, that's cute or whatever. And it's monetized at this point too. So I have the numbers behind that to back up my expertise there, but I'm committed to being a streamer. I'm committed to being a podcaster. Um, I'm going to be a self-published author soon. And then I'm going to uh, publish books every 18 months to 24 months for the rest of my life, probably. So uh, I'm going to be a self-published author. I'm committing uh, full scope to being a content creator. Even with the Zen Buster music channel, uh, we've been, we're almost at 30 days of daily uploads over on the Zen Buster music channel. If you guys haven't checked that out, uh, youtube.com slash Zen Buster. I'll just uh, link out to that. YouTube.com slash Zen Buster. If you want to see that, but we've been doing daily daily uploads for 30 days. Cause I'm tracking some data on that channel. I want to do um, like a, I want to do kind of like an expose on here. I uploaded for 30 days. Here's what happens. If we can keep the chain on it going and I can like, all right, I uploaded every day for 60 days at 12 PM Eastern standard time. What happened? Uh, 90 days, hundred days. If I, the longer I can keep that going, the more interesting it is. Cause I have a video about the fact that I did a 24 hour live stream for a year. Because I was nine days short of it being exactly a year on a 24-7 live stream. So I have all this data. I have all this information. And the music channel is a really good source for that. But it's also 
the source of the background music that you've been enjoying tonight. So there is that. And yes, other creators can use Zenbuster music for free. They just have to give credit and link back. And that's all we really ask for it. And you don't get copyright strikes or copyright claims on that. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's something to really think about. So Vesma says not to get caught up in titles. Would you call yourself a content creator before an entrepreneur? I'd call myself a creative entrepreneur. Creative entrepreneur is an entrepreneur that specializes in intellectual property and or talent, their own or somebody else's. So a creative entrepreneur specializes in intellectual property, IP, their own or somebody else's, uh, and they specialize in talent around creative services their own or somebody else's. So that makes me a creative entrepreneur. And therefore I'm a creative entrepreneur. I'm a content creator and I'm a serial entrepreneur because one, I hold multiple LLCs. I hold multiple LLCs and I held multiple streams of income and monetization across multiple platforms and I'm diversified by a lot. So I'm massively diversified. I probably have more than 15 different revenue streams and maybe more than 25 sources of income at this point. And that's uh, a lot. So I'm definitely um, a serial entrepreneur. I have my personal brand that's monetized as an entity. Uh, the podcast is monetized and it's a brand. Um, the self-publishing is going to be another thing because then I have an imprint. I have a music label even though that's not like making a lot of money, I have it. Uh, so Zenbuster, and it's diversified and distributed across about roughly uh, 20 different music audio platforms. Podcast is disseminated across multiple platforms there. I'm working on another part of Spotify video with that, which will be another monetization stream. I have the coaching business, Awesome Creator Academy. I have my public speaking. And so that's part of the personal brand. So that's, there's that from a service standpoint. I have my branding agency, Create Awesome Media, where we do media kits for content creators or make their logos or their websites. We do that kind of stuff. I have the royalties on my prints and on my, um, what do they call it? My stock photos. So my stock photos and my wildlife photography, my wildlife photography and stock photos, I have the royalties on that. I have the money on the prints from that when I sell the prints and the wood uh, plates from that. There's going to be more stuff because then I'll have the video footage licensing too from uh, filming, um, you know, the um, wildlife stuff, the drone footage. And then obviously there's all the ways I monetize YouTube specifically. And like I said, then there's the affiliate deals as well. And that's for now. And that's like not counting me going into like real estate, my stock portfolio investments, equity that I hold in creator economy startups like Creative Juice, for example, Social Blue Book, um, Superfans, uh, Super.Fans. So there's, yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur. 
you could call me an investor at this point as well uh, because I have decent stock portfolio. Plus I have some equity and some startups. So you could call me an investor, certainly invested in my own business. That's for sure. And uh, you could easily call me a serial entrepreneur because I hold multiple LLCs and I hold multiple IPs and mo and they're monetized. So, because I mean, when you become self-published, you have a self-published imprint. So when you're self-published, you're a publisher and you have self-published imprint. When you create music and you build a music label entity, um, you have a, you, so you have a music label. So I have that. So I have the publishing on the book side, the music label, and then I have technically what builds my own YouTube IP. You could call me a production company. I certainly have enough hardware for it. <laughs> and then I have my consulting and coaching. I represent brands. I'm a brand ambassador. There's just like, there's so many things I have my hands in. And that's kind of the point of this episode is that I think, I think that that's overwhelming for most content creators, which is why they don't do it. And why, again, YouTube becomes a security blanket. YouTube becomes a self-employed job. Uh, some treat it like a business, some legally incorporate it as a business. They may even hire employees, but do they scale it to be a business that exists outside of their rented land of YouTube? See, I'm creating the podcast with YouTube on YouTube, monetizing it through YouTube, but also monetizing it through sponsors. The affiliate links and sponsor links exist beyond YouTube because the audio is distributed through Apple, Google Play, um, Amazon, Spotify, Deezer, iHeartRadio. The podcast exists in 20 places that aren't YouTube. The podcast exists on the video platforms of Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, outside of YouTube. So the podcast doesn't live or die by YouTube, but it certainly helps it be monetized more accessibly and directly because of YouTube. It does scale it and it is helpful, but it's not entirely dependent on YouTube. And so that's important. That creates opportunity and leverage and diversity. Um, and that's something that you know, protects you as a content creator and as a business owner is to have that using the podcast. There's a reason I named the podcast, create something awesome today. Do you know why it's not also a cool slogan? And it's not only like, I believe in it. And it's my, my own catchphrase, but guess what the name of my book is going to be. It's going to be create something awesome. That's the first book that I'm writing is create something awesome. So with the book being create something awesome and having to create something awesome today podcast, it's, a practical branding measure and it lets me harness my IP and that's uh, valuable and it's something I'm known for and it's associated with me. I branded the YouTube channel name to be um, the Roberto Blake podcast just because in YouTube, what I'm known for and what people think of is Roberto Blake. They think of my name. My name is the most searched thing in my brand. So I just went with that and said, okay, the Roberto Blake podcast. But this is the Create Something Awesome Today podcast hosted by Roberto Blake. But that's not YouTube search friendly. So I just SEO'd it and I just made it simple for the YouTube audience to not have to think too hard. 
that's all. That's all I did. Um, and so that was another practical measure. And it's the same thing with what I'm working on with the highlights channel. The highlights channel is just going to be called Roberto Blake Highlights. And the good news called Roberto Blake Highlights is that I can take clips from my speaking engagements. I can take clips from my speaking engagements and make highlights out of those and post them in Roberto Blake Highlights. I can make YouTube shorts from the live streams, both here and on the main channel, take shorts made from live streams. I don't think those are appropriate for my main channel. I could put them on the highlights channel, monetize the shorts creators fund, blow up the highlights channel, get that up and get that up and running. Maybe because again, I think that if we do it properly and we stockpile, we can get six clips of um, like three to five minutes in length out of every episode of this podcast which means that every episode of this podcast getting six clips means that if we podcast Monday through Friday, we have up to 30 potential clips a week being made, which means we can make daily highlights just from the podcast easily, maybe even upload twice a day easily and not run out of content if we do it that way. And so the highlights channel becomes, here's a daily Roberto Blake channel, me churning out content. And then if we have YouTube shorts on top of that, if we get a couple of YouTube shorts out of every episode of the podcast, and if we can get YouTube shorts out of the live streams I do on my main channel on occasion when it's like me and Viper or if it's just me solo, we can get, we can get one clip and one short every day if we stockpile them, we can do that. And we could schedule and edit and get those released and churned up to put out two, or God forbid, at some point in the future, like six months from now, we might be able to get out three uploads a day on the highlights channel for all I know, for all I know. And that doesn't oversaturate things because shorts can go viral and get picked up at any time. We have the option of them, and then the clips are discoverable by search. And then the other thing is YouTube only sends out three sub notifications a day per channel, per channel. So the highlights gives us three notifications opportunities every day, and we can just max out to that because we can just schedule and release and upload and do that. So we can hit that full threshold have a massive inventory, have discoverability, have search, have viral potential, have references, cross-references, playlist. We have all these opportunities for brand discovery for me by doing that with a highlights channel. So the highlights channel can benefit any of my endeavors easily because we just have a place to mass upload things that don't necessarily need to be anywhere else and to give exposure opportunity to me. And we don't have to worry about how the highlights channel performs. It can just be there for dis as a discoverability engine to the Roberto Blake experience and brand. And it probably by uploading mass uploading like that, we have a really good chance of getting it monetized in a reasonable amount of time when we use this strategy and when we front load content with it. So that's, that's viable. And then that means we have a bunch of videos out there by doing that, that have links 
to my other channels that are monetized and to affiliates and to sponsorship brand partners. The Highlights channel then elevates the entire network of Roberto Blake content and IP to make my sponsorships much, much more attractive because now a bundle with me becomes so much more valuable because you can be on a 500,000 subscribe YouTube channel. You can be on a podcast that gets 500,000 downloads per episode and has good, strong, loyal viewership on long-form content, 1,000 views per upload right now. It'll probably be 2,000, 3,000 in six months per upload or something, hopefully. And so it's like, okay, we have this huge main YouTube channel. That's in the bundle. But hey, here are the plugs you get on the podcast. Podcast audience is loyal. We've got the numbers. Okay. And then just remember, we'll still link to you as a sponsor in the highlights channel. And so then here's all the potential on the shorts. And it can be in the description of those. Here's all the potential on the clips. It can be in those. So there's all of these ways that elevates brand opportunity because now we have the audio only opportunities that are numbers that are like, okay, yes. And that's evergreen, the live stream and replays, which are also evergreen, the audio is distributed, but then we have the decentralization that comes from the clips and the shorts. And then that's a highlights channel, but it's not just the highlights channel. It's like a, Hey, we also are getting some love over on the Instagram and TikTok reels. So then there's that, if that is what's working, then that makes sense. And so it's letting us eat the whole animal, so to speak, right? It's eating the whole animal. And that means we're not entirely reliant on YouTube, not only from an ad revenue standpoint, because then we can be in three different creator funds, maybe four, if you count Facebook, we can be in four creator funds because we can also have the Facebook side. So we have four creator funds, YouTube shorts, Instagram reels, TikTok, and Facebook, that's four creator funds. We could monetize here on YouTube with the lives and the ad revenue and all those wonderful things, but we could also upload and port this over to Spotify for video through Anchor, and we can monetize there too. And so now we have monetization beyond the YouTube channel on the Spotify channel for video. And then on top of all of that, we're building up the audiences by doing the simulcasting. And so this leads all of these platforms that have descriptions that have sponsor and affiliate links, which drives up the value, drives up the clicks, drives up the opportunities to earn, plugs the merchandise, plugs the book when the time comes. Because yes, in every episode of the podcast, once the book is released, we'll probably plug the book. It's the name of the show. It's, it's right there. It's on brand. It makes sense. And so we probably will even incorporate a segment in every episode where I start recommending books from my bookshelf. And then what if we take the segments where I'm recommending books from my bookshelf, if I keep it short, what if we then have that? And then we have a way to do like Roberto Blake's like um, 60 second book summaries, because I do, if I do a book, if I do a 60 second, can you imagine if I do a 60 second book summary? Can you imagine if I do a 60 second book summary in every episode of this show? And then we literally clip that and we make that uh, viable content in YouTube shorts and make a playlist around that. Can you imagine? Like, or, or like, there's so much we could do with that. There is so much we could do with that. Um, so yeah, there's, and that can be in multiple platforms too. And then 
there's affiliate revenue from that, not only just off of Amazon books and eBooks, but we could plug Audible in there and get the bounties on the free Audible uh, signups. So there's like this absurd opportunity to um, make the podcasts scale and, and people could be doing this and they could be doing this with other types of live stream content as far as programmable formats beyond podcast. You could make it a podcast certainly, but you know, there's all these opportunities to monetize outside of YouTube ad revenue and not use it as a security blanket and a crutch. You know, too many creators, again, like I said, they're just overly reliant on YouTube. The over-reliance on YouTube is hurting creators uh, because they're not acknowledging that they don't owe YouTube loyalty and that they're hugging it as a security blanket the same way they used to hug their nine to five job as a security blanket. And I'm not dunking on or blaming people for that. I'm just acknowledging that that's the case and that if that's the case, then that kind of sucks or it hurts because um, you don't really have the, the, the equity and the ownership of the YouTube side of things in a way that uh, makes sense for that in terms of that exclusivity and that loyalty. So what I'm looking at is, okay, can I use YouTube as a jumping off place to be able to monetize in every platform that pays? The podcast is a vehicle that can allow for that. And the podcast is still great for people who don't want those experiences outside of YouTube. Everyone's convinced that, oh, if I do that though, I'm competing with YouTube. No, you're not. People who want to be on those platforms at the time that they want to be at those platforms are not on YouTube at that time, which means you're reaching them in a place you wouldn't reach them if only you were on YouTube. So you're reaching them on their terms. You're putting the audience first, putting the audience first instead of putting YouTube first. And the thing is, um, this is no offense because I have tremendous respect and I'm actually a big fan of PewDiePie's, but this entire generation of creators learned putting YouTube first from PewDiePie. Mr. Beast learned that from PewDiePie. And so the entire generation of creators that's coming after them has learned this idea of being loyal to YouTube and putting YouTube first and being, I'm YouTube first, I'm YouTube only. They learned that from PewDiePie and Mr. Beast, which is great for them because they're two, the two biggest creators on this platform. They are the kings of YouTube sitting on dual matching thrones, right? And that's cool. And I respect and love both of these guys. Tremendous respect. And they've been nothing but nice to me. None of this is a criticism of them. It is a criticism of the philosophy of putting YouTube first by looking up to people that you frankly can't really compete with. What they've done is so big and so special that of course it makes sense for them to kind of be YouTube first and almost YouTube only, almost. They still have other platforms and they're big and they do a few other things there, but they prioritize YouTube above everything and anything else and they're obsessed with YouTube. And that's fine, but you're not necessarily going to get that outcome by being as loyal and obsessed with YouTube as them. And your circumstances are different. It is more practical for most creators to, yes, focus on YouTube to grow an audience and to monetize. I still think it's the best game in town, but don't get caught up in that and get stuck and get trapped because then it's not any better than your nine to five job. It's a little better, but emotionally, how much better is it? If you are having anxiety about what if YouTube changes, what about the algorithm? What about this? What about that? It's the same anxiety you have about what if my boss fires me? You need to own something 
so that you're like, okay, YouTube hurting me doesn't put me down to $0 every month. You need some kind of hedge against that. And that's where diversifying is valuable, even if it means slowing down momentum and growth in YouTube. Pick a YouTube goal, pick a YouTube milestone, hit that, and then diversify. And I don't think that milestone should be a million subscribers. I know people that right now, the thing they're waiting on, the only way they'll feel safe to do something more than focus on their YouTube channel, they think the answer is getting to a million subscribers and that that'll get them the biggest brand deals and get them all these things. And that then they'll be safe to do something else of like, okay, if I hit a million, because right now, 100,000 and a silver play button isn't apparently enough of a milestone or enough of a trophy for people. Um, it's a million or bust for people for some reason in the culture right now. But you can be successful and be mad successful without a gold play button. There are people with gold play buttons. They make less money than me. Um, they make less money than people smaller than me. There are people out there that have smaller audiences, smaller channels that make more money than larger creators than them every day. It happens all the time. All right. And the, I know, I know people who are bigger than me and Kelly stamps. They make half the money or less. I know people getting 10, 20 times the views of me, 10 times the views of Kelly stamps. They don't even make half the money. They don't even make half money. They make a fourth of the money. Uh, people are too obsessed with the relevance and the culture and the clout cash makes the world go around cash will relieve a lot of your problems. It won't solve every problem. I'll be the first one to tell you that, but cash solves a multitude of problems. And so if you think of YouTube from a ruthless business perspective as an opportunity to build your brand, build your business, an opportunity to monetize yourself and your message, build your own IP you will be better off. You'll be better off because otherwise YouTube's just another job. And that's okay if you want the funnest job you've ever had. I'm not dunking on you. I'm not hating on that. But don't think that that's security. There's no such thing as job security. There's no such thing as job security. Build a business, build a brand, build IP, get money, Get enough money, not just to live off and live comfortably. Screw that. That's temporary. You need to have coffers. You need to have assets. You need to have reserves. You need cash flow. You need diversified revenue streams. You don't like comfort is cute. Oh, I'm comfortable. I have a comfortable lifestyle. Oh, I'm making enough money. I'm doing better than living paycheck to paycheck. I'm getting by. That's nice. That might feel really great compared to where you are today, but it's cute. Because once you get there, you realize, oh, Lord, what I don't have is true freedom for anxiety because what if this goes away? And to have that freedom, you need assets and you need revenue generation that exists outside of you trading time for money. And you need disposable income enough to be able to buy and acquire assets or frankly, buy other people's time. You need to think bigger. And you need to not make YouTube your security blanket and not just make YouTube a fun job if what you really want is freedom. If what you really want is freedom, it doesn't end at, I escaped my nine to five job. That's fun. That's cute. It's a good first step. It's a good first step. I'm not trying to diminish anybody who that's what they want right now. I'm saying that you need to want more than that after a couple of years of doing it because you'll realize that that's a trap 
after a few years of doing that. I'm trying to just give you the advanced cliff notes before you have to get to that place from a painful lesson of some kind, of some kind, because that's really important. I cannot stress how important it is because this is why you see big YouTubers that you admire making videos about burnout, making videos about being depressed, making videos about going broke once they lose relevancy. It happens way too often. I don't want you to be a broke influencer one day. Build a brand that becomes a viable, scalable, diversified business. Don't be a YouTuber. Be a content creator who uses YouTube to its advantage. And don't put yourself in a position where you ever have to say YouTube is taking advantage of you. Because that'll be your fault. It's not on YouTube at that point. You had the opportunity and it was squandered and you didn't do enough with it. And if you've listened to me, you can't say you don't know better so you're now responsible and accountable to do better. And that's my hope for you. My hope for you is that by listening to this program, watching this program, being part of the community is that you can know better and do better and have better. That is the entire point. That is the entire point of giving you what I wish I'd had when I had got started. That is the entire point. So with that, uh, I want to like end the show for now and uh, I definitely want to thank all of the live audience as well as the audio listeners who got this far in the program. If you finished the program, please make sure you're giving us a review and a five-star rating in Apple Podcast as well as Spotify. Uh, and that really does help us with the algorithms. It does help us in every way, shape, and form. We do appreciate you. Thank you again to all of the people who participated in super chatting, especially Malevolent Elephant with a $400 super chat. Um, that is great. Thank you so much, Curtis. Uh, I definitely appreciate and love you for that. Uh, you didn't have to, but oh, wow, am I so happy tonight that you did. That's great. Uh, stay awesome, everybody. If you are in the live audience, we're heading to the after show. As for the rest of you, enjoy the intro and we'll catch you on the, sorry, enjoy the outro and we'll catch you on the next one. But your creative journey continues. Visit createsomethingawesometoday.com and access all links and resources mentioned in today's show, all designed to help you create something awesome today.